All right, church, it's 7 o'clock, so we're going to be getting into our Pray First 7 at 7. And tonight, um, for those of you just joining us here online, welcome. And my name's Pastor Matt Yonker, and I'm in the pastoral care department here at Res. Um, but I've also had the privilege to be on our missions board. And um, when I was asked to pray for missions, I was super excited to do so. And uh, so those of you who are watching online, what I want you to do is, in the chat, put down who you're going to be praying for, what mission or missionary um, that you're praying for and that you're believing God to, to work in and through. And um, we'd love to just be able to join with you in prayer as we spend this next seven minutes or so um, praying for missions and missionaries. Um, you know, here at Res, we support just over 70 different missions and missionaries here at home and across the world. So we, as a church, have a huge impact in the, in the nation and the nations around us. Um, and a lot of you heard in the recent um, days about Crisis Aid International and our CAP program, the CAP office that we have in Wyoming City Police Department. And I know Pastor Bernie said Sunday, how many of you were there for the mortgage burning and the updates of what we're doing next? He said four girls. Well, as of today, close end of business day today, we are helping six girls right now in that CAP office. And those are six girls who are possibly heading towards a life of sex trafficking. And so we are partnering together as a church to keep those girls from getting down a path that would be disastrous. We also got some information um, recently this week in Afghanistan. I know we give updates a lot, um, but Pastor Bernie told me, said, hey, you know, we need to see, uh, we need to tell what just happened. Um, see, there's some pastors and their families that were being held in safe houses. And we can't really tell you this until after they're safe because we want to make sure that they remain safe. Well, they've been going from safe house to safe house. And finally, we were able to get them safe and out of Afghanistan, away from the Taliban. The Taliban has been hunting them. And that is 34 pastors and their families that were saved at the beginning of this week. That brings our number to 2,712 people rescued so far, which is awesome. But one thing we need to be praying for, and we're going to pray for here in just a minute, one of the facilitators for that family was arrested, I believe last weekend, Pastor Bernie told me, by the Taliban, and we have not heard from him since. So we need to be praying for that situation. So church, let's, let's just get into it. Let's be praying for our missionaries, for the missions, local and abroad. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. Father, we just lift up our cap office to you that we're partnering with Crisis Aid International. Father, we pray for those six girls, those six girls that we are already helping, Father. Father, have that office, have this mission be the light in their dark world. Father, we pray that not only will it help them, but it will help their friends who are doing the same practices that they've been doing to get down this path. Father, we pray for our social worker in that office. Father, we pray that you give her strength that you give her wisdom and discernment as the times get more and more busy and more and more stressful. Father, give her what she needs to continue day to day. And Father, we pray for the rescue home that we're planning on building right here on our land. Father, we pray for provision 
miraculous provision to be coming in to build this home. Father, we, we pray that you would cut through the red tape quicker than anyone could cut through tape. Father, we pray for the doors to be swung wide open so that we can get this house built and start helping girls that have been trafficked, that have been treated in not the way that you created them to be treated. Father, we pray for every girl that is to walk in to the cap office or soon that home, Father. We just pray your love, grace, and forgiveness just overwhelms their lives. Father, we lift up Afghanistan to you. Father, we pray for the persecuted Christians in Afghanistan that are being hunted by the Taliban. Father, I pray that your hedge of protection will surround them and those that are helping them, Father. Get them to safety. Father, we pray defeat to the Taliban, Father. For those who are chasing down these Christians, we tell them to cease and desist right now. And Father, ultimately we pray that their eyes and hearts are opened to the love and grace that you have for them also. And Father, we pray for that facilitator, whether he's with you or still on this earth. Father, we pray for the Taliban that are holding him to be looking the other way and that his shackles will be broken and he will walk out. Father, we pray for health and wholeness for all those people who are doing mission work. And Father, we also pray for the underground churches in Afghanistan, Father, who are choosing to stay. We pray for protection for them. Bonnie says we're praying for all the missions. Father, the missions all the way around the world, Father, we just thank you that you are with them, giving them what they need at the right time. Father, we pray for provision for missionaries. Father, we pray for the opportunities for doors to be open in Jesus' name for these missionaries that are going from place to place. And Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Church, just about a couple hours ago, another mission that we support called Pregnancy Resource Center right here in Grand Rapids sent out a text. Let me just read this to you because we're going to pray for this tonight. We're going to pray for the sanctity of life tonight um, that Pregnancy Resource Center does every day reaching out to women. But here's, here's the text that I got. It says, please pray for two individuals that are walking very similar paths. Pray that they'll choose life. Both are facing the fear of the unknown. Please pray that God opens their eyes and hearts. Pray for their protection as they both navigate this current path. Pray that God gives them peace that passes all understanding. And know that there is no need to fear because God will cover them with his unconditional love. So church, let's lift up these girls. And there's many, many more girls out in this world that are like that right now. But let's lift up these two girls especially, that they choose life for their unborn children. Father, we just thank you that you are using Pregnancy Resource Center and the congregation of Res Life to impact these two girls. Father, I pray that their hearts are open to you, that they see the love that you have for them, the grace that you have for them. Father, the peace that you have for them that passes all understanding. Father, we speak life into this situation. 
Father, we come against the spirit of fear in their lives. And we say, be gone in Jesus' name. You have no place in their lives. And Father, with that, through Pregnancy Resource Center, I pray that you would lift up an army of people that would get behind them and encourage them and uplift them and provide them with, with the, the material things that they need to raise these children. Father, the finances that they'll need to raise these children so we can snuff that spirit of fear out in Jesus' name. And Father, we just thank you for what you're going to do in their lives and the testimony that will come out of it. In Jesus' name, and the whole church says, amen. Well, hey, for those of you joining us online, thank you so much for joining us for Pray First 7 at 7. Now I want to remind everyone here and online that uh, January 30 and the 5 p.m. service on Sunday, we're going to be having a worship and celebration on what God has been doing in this Pray First season of 2022. So come out on that evening, and we'll just have a, a good time as, as family, church family. And But even if you are in line, before you go, we'd love to just have you stick around, because guess what? It's Wednesday night. We still have church, right, church? Come on. So hey, I'm going to invite our speaker up tonight. He's my boss, my mentor, and he's right behind me, Pastor Merle Bremer. Give him a hand. I just want to welcome you all tonight. Um, welcome everybody online, and it's what a privilege to share with you. I'm going to actually speak on missions tonight, which is kind of an unusual thing, but uh, it's a big deal. You know, as a church, we're committed to sharing the good news of the gospel. We invest millions on that, and, you know, we support missions locally all over the world. And, you know, the Latin word for missions actually means to send. And really, missions is a heart for the heart of God. God has a heart for everyone. And, you know, he, he gave us final instructions, you know, like, he's like, I'm leaving and I'll tell you what I want you to do. He says, go therefore into all the nations and make disciples. You know, he said, preach the, preach the good news. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not will be condemned. So, you know, if you want to think about the end time, you know, it says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all nations, and then the end shall come. So what a responsibility to go to every nation so that they have an opportunity to hear the gospel. You know, that's for each one of us, and this is kind of our instruction or commission, or you could say it's an opportunity or a responsibility, and we can all have a part in that. You know, and it says, if a man is in Christ, he becomes a new person altogether. That's what missions is about. You know, the past is finished in God. Everything becomes new. And, you know, God did this through Jesus Christ. And he says, I have made you agents of reconciliation. That's one of us, you know, like you could say, well, you're an agent of an insurance company. We're an agent of the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ, and that is what we have an opportunity to go. You know, it says, God was in Christ personally reconciling the world himself, not counting their sins against them, and he has commissioned us with this message. Um, you know, we are personal representatives that would say, make your peace with God. You know, God who knew no sin went to the cross, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. 
You know, a verse that most everybody knows, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him could have everlasting life. You know, God loves people. You know, it, it humbles us to see how God loves us and how God loves others. Like the Chris Tomlin song says, nobody loves me like you do. God loves each one of us in a way that is beyond our comprehension, and he proved this by laying his life down for his friends. You know, in Peter, 2 Peter 3, the ninth verse, it says, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but that everyone would come to repentance. That's the heart of God. That's what missions is about. You know, in Isaiah 52, it says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, our God reigns. You know, and in Romans 10, he kind of explains how this works. In Romans 10, 13, it says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Wow. Isn't that something? He doesn't say, no. He says, yes. You call upon the name of the Lord? The answer is yes. It says, how can they call on the one who they had not believed in? And how can they believe in the one who they had not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, we can all send. We can all support. You know, the number one need of every missionary that we support, obviously, is prayer and favor and all of that. But they need support. There's opportunities they need support. And they obviously need prayer. And we can all pray. They need open doors, soft hearts, anointing, God's blessing on all that they do. And uh, we can all share Christ with somebody, with our friends. Um, you know, and it comes, like the Bible says, faith comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the Word of God, the gospel, the good news, being taught, being pitched, being shared. And um, Paul, he says very boldly, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Um, that's amazing. You know, the Bible says, some plant, some water, God gives the increase. We can all plant, we can all water, we can all send, we can all support, we can all pray. And that is what God has told us and asked us to do. You know, the good news really is telling people how they can be right in God's sight. That's the good news. You know, <clears throat> a couple of scriptures are so powerful, so absolute, so freeing, you know, because it's Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. He defeated Satan. What good news. He set us free from the power of sin. And he offers salvation, past, present, and future. You know, in Hebrews it says, you know, when we share the good news and we share the gospel, it's so powerful, it's so absolute, it's so kind, it's so loving. 
It's so accepting. And he said, in Hebrews 9, he says, he offered a perfect sacrifice for our sins with his own blood, not the blood of bulls and goats or calves. It says he entered to the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever by placing his blood on the, on the mercy seat. That is amazing. You know, he offered one sacrifice, not every year. He is our high priest, and he went in, and he offered his own blood as a sacrifice. And that's why it says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. What do you have to do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the message of the gospel. It's very simple. It's almost like too good to be true. But it's so true because God loves so much. <clears throat> In Hebrews 7, 25, it says almost the same thing. It says, therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God. He lives forever to intercede on our behalf. It's amazing that God intercedes on our behalf. In Hebrews 10, it says, Jesus, our high priest, offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sin, good for all time. What does it say? Not guilty. What does it say? Justified. What does it say? You're accepted in the beloved. What is security? You know, what does the enemy try to do? Condemn. What did Jesus say? Not guilty. What does his blood from the mercy seat cry out? Mercy. Have mercy. I've forgiven you. I've paid the price. You know, it says, another verse that says that you're saved to the uttermost. You know, you're washed white as snow. He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? That's as far as it can be. You know, the gospel gives hope and purpose. The gospel really is God loves you. That's the gospel. That's good news. You know, because the gospel provides forgiveness. It provides righteousness. It provides freedom. It gives you peace. It gives you joy. You know, probably the number one question of most people is, what on earth am I here for, and what is my purpose? You know, when you don't know God, that's a pretty real question. What in the world am I here for? This don't even make sense. Because why? You're empty. You're lost. You have no direction. You, you, you just have no reason. But in Ephesians 1, it gives us kind of, kind of an answer. He says, in Christ, we find out who we are, what we're living for, and long before we heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. How many of you realize God had his eye on you, <laughs> you know, before? Maybe you even accepted Christ. He had his eye on you. He never gives up on you. He constantly is drawing. He's constantly knocking. And it says, that was his design for each one of us, a glorious living, part of his overall purpose that he's working out every day in everyone and in everything. God never stops working. You know, it's like, what are we living for? Are things that won't satisfy, won't fulfill, empty, meaningless? You know, his plan is that he wants us to love others, 
to live with eternity in mind and things that will, will last, investing in others, making a difference in somebody else's life, being servants, you know, doing things that glorify God and point others to Jesus. You know, we, we often say, you know, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. It is. How do you get righteousness? By accepting Christ. He says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And what does he do? You, you have peace. Because you're right with God. Joy is a little bit harder to explain, but in a nutshell, joy is doing this. Joy is obeying God. Joy is living your life to glorify God. You know, even Jesus himself, he said, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and says, henceforth, he's been given a name that's above every name, seated at the right hand. As, as the, the price that he paid still equates with joy. You know, there's a lot of things we're expected and asked and prompted to do, and we do them because we love God, and it gives us great joy. You know, the Bible says, um, you're the salt of the earth. All right. So what should we do? Be salty. You know, salt preserves, salt cleanses, and hopefully you make somebody else thirsty for what you have. You know, they see you and they look at you like, um, wow. Uh, it says that you're the light of the world. So, you know, the challenge is, is to let our light shine. You know, your light is your good deeds. That everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, in other words, be an example. Be an example every day. You know, and every one of us can and we do influence others. You know, and God has a plan for each one of us to do right that. You know, Paul in 2 Corinthians, he says, the only letter of recommendation we need is you. You know, I don't know if you realize, but every day we represent God. We represent this church. We represent Christianity. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that people read your life. You know, you are, it says, a living epistle written not with ink, but with the Spirit um, on your heart. You know, people are watching and reading your life, and they can figure out pretty soon how much you love God and whose you are. Um, actually, our life is a sermon. It's a message. It's incredible. It's an incredible opportunity to be an ambassador, to represent God with the good news of the gospel of, by living our lives, you know, in a way that it points to him. Um, Paul said it another way. He said in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, I try to find common ground with everyone and doing everything I can to save some. He said, I've been all things to all people to win some. In other words, build a relationship. Identify with others by being a servant. And sometimes you do that on purpose because 
I want to win that person. You know, Jesus in Matthew 9, he said, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They didn't know where to go for help. We all know people like that. We all see people like that. And God puts them in our lives for an opportunity. You know, it's like, do we have a heart for the lost? You know, something that grips us with compassion. You know, when a person gets saved and born again, heaven rejoices. Their life changes. They become a new person. Old things are passed away. They're adopted into God's family. He becomes their father. He's the way, the truth, and the life for them. That becomes a reality. You know, they have a relationship with God. He becomes their friend. You know, his ears become open to their, their prayers. His promises are yes and amen. The blessings of God become available to them, and he dwells in, in them, and the presence of God is with them. And he's given his name, and his spirit dwells in them. He gives direction, and he speaks to them. All that happens for them by accepting the good news of the gospel, and we got the good news. You know, you can go on and on. I, I just wrote a few things down. You know, everything changes. It's like it says, they are a new person in Christ. They are God's son. They are adopted. Wow. You know, that's why Paul says, you know, Christ's love compels us. It controls us. It, it makes demands on us to do things we might only do because we love God. That's why we do it. You know, in the face of death, Paul was compelled to go to Jerusalem he said to go preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know, friends were warning him, don't go, they'll kill you. And he says to him, in Acts 20, 24, he says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. He was compelled by love for God, for people to go irregardless. That's pretty far up there. I wouldn't say I'm there yet, but that's a challenge. You know, and that's why he says, we are Christ's ambassadors making an appeal to, to them. We plead with them. He says, come back to God. Another place he says, I beg them to be reconciled to God. Philippians 2.17, he says, I rejoice. Even if I lose my life, pouring out, it out as a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. Did you hear what it said? Your life, your faithful service, the things that you do for God and for others is an offering, and he notices. Be encouraged with that. Wow. He says, always be ready to give an answer of the hope you have. Um, in other words, like, what makes you tick anyway? How can you have the joy of the Lord? How can you always seem to have peace? Um, you know why? Because God's my friend. He answers my prayers. He lives in me. And he is a life-giving spirit. You know, we all have a testimony. We all have opportunities. We all have people to influence and we can all pray for the lost. You know, one night we were at a prayer meeting quite a few weeks, years ago actually, 
And this friend of mine was sharing that his neighbor was passing away, and he had been adamantly opposed to the gospel. And his wife uh, said, I don't think anybody should even go up and see him. And we were praying, and I said, you should go. Irregardless, you should go and present the gospel to him one more time. He accepted the Lord. It changed his whole family. They were amazed. You know, on his deathbed, he had been adamantly opposed. And the gospel saved him. It's the good news. He gave him hope. He gave him love. And uh, that's what it is. It's divine appointments. It's building relationship with others with the intention of sharing Christ. And you do, you share your life. You build trust. You know, and Paul in Thessalonians, he says, he says, we love you dearly, and we were not just content to pass the message, but we wanted to give you our heart. Because he built relationship, because he loved him, because he was an example, they loved him, they loved God, they were Christians. You know, give them the gospel, give them your heart. That's the way you win others, is by being an example by being like Jesus to them. And, you know, it's the truth of the gospel that sets people free. It's good news. It's the truth. You know, we all know it's the truth that sets you free. They're blind. They don't know. They don't understand. They have no hope. But the gospel is the good news that God loves you. And, you know, the amazing thing as we close, it's like, it says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, the free gift of God is eternal life. By accepting Jesus Christ, you know, he paid for your sins. He shed his blood. What a deal. The free gift of God. That's what's at stake. It's the, the, what's at stake is heaven or hell. It's that clear. He says, I am the way. No one comes unto the Father except by me. But it's free. What an amazing message of love. What an amazing message that God would give us the opportunity to support missions, to be ambassadors, to pray for others, to share our lives, to preach the gospel of the good news that God loves you. Wow. God loves you. Anybody online listening, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, it's for free. It's the free gift of God that he paid for with his own blood, and he shed his own blood, and he put his own blood on the mercy seat to remove our sins it's from the east, this one from the west, and to save me and to give me heaven as my reward. You know, if there's anybody here that's never done that, I just ask that you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to take this free gift of God, which is eternal life, that's the message. That's the gospel. Anybody want to, anybody had never done that? Accepting Christ as your Savior. We're all sinners. We're saved by grace. Let's pray.
Lord, I thank you for your message of grace, of love, of acceptance, of hope, of good news. God, we thank you for shedding your own blood to pay for our sins. It's a forever sacrifice. It lasts forever. And you call us the righteousness of God in Christ, justified, forgiven, your children, adopted. God, your promises are amazing. And we love you so much. We give you thanks for the good news of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.